0: turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today is Monica Boris. Monica is a newly retired dentist from Denver, Colorado, with a very, very interesting story. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ross,
2: for inviting me to your podcast. Sure, Excited
1: to be here. So let's jump right in. You have a little bit different background story than most of uh, most of our listeners. Tell tell everyone where you're from and how you got to the United States. So my
2: name is Monica Boris, and I am originally from Brazil. I was a dentist in Brazil, and then I moved to the U.S. to study. And uh, I went through international program for uh, international dentist, and here I am. So many, years later.
1: So you were practicing for how long in Brazil? Ten years. And then when you came to the U.S., how long did you have to study and go back to school for to start practicing in the U.S.?
2: So the program is a two-year program here in Denver, Colorado.
1: Okay. And then after that two-year program, you were able to just jump right in and become a a U.S.-licensed dentist? Yes. Yes, I
2: was. Although I took the the longer route, I did one year of uh, GPR residency. And then also, I did a master program in plantology in in Frankfurt, Germany. At okay. the same time, that I was practicing. Okay, wow.
1: So you sold your practice a year ago at a relatively yes. young age, and as we were talking, that wasn't your original intent. Talk to talk about what motivated you to sell or change your mind to sell it up. Because you're 55, or you sold at 55 years old, correct? I was 54. 54. And you didn't sell it for $100 million to some DSO. You sold no. it for whatever you sold it for, which I'm sure you did great about it. But, but it wasn't like a massive, like, oh, my gosh, they're offering me so much money that I have to sell. It was a completely different rationale. So talk a little yes. bit about that. I sold the
2: practice to my associate. Uh, my associate, when she joined the practice, she did have an intention to be my partner. And then throughout the process of um, her working for me, we decided that once I exited, I exited because I got disability and uh, I was diagnosed with a cervical carpal tunnel and the lumbar issues. There were no repairable just by exercise. I would require extensive surgery. And then at the process of uh, transition with my new associate, she worked for me for a year and a half. So she was very familiar with the practice. So in my opinion, for a business to be sold to a person that is very interested in keeping the practice as it is with the same patient, same quality of care, it was important for me to get to know that person. So, no, I didn't. I was not interested in, in selling to a DSO. I really wanted to have someone that would come in and then get to know the practice, get to know the patients, the staff, and then uh, continue
1: with the legacy. I think that's really wise to make sure you know the person. A lot of people don't. It doesn't always go well. So, let's talk a little bit about your disability. Obviously, through our conversation, mm-hmm. you were. Uh, you were very, very wise and you purchase individual disability insurance early on in your demo career. But yes. whenever anyone purchases disability insurance, I mean, I own it myself, no one expects to actually use it. Yeah. And so talk about what the process was like to all of a sudden start having health challenges mm-hmm. and then walking down that road. Because I'm sure it didn't happen over a week. I'm sure this happened over months, if not years. right so the process that
2: you know it was very important to have disability and I highly recommended everybody to have it
1: because it's going to happen real quick (laughs) let me interrupt you yes I know four people on disability claim if you met them Mm. and shook their hand you would never know they are on disability claim most disabilities you're not in a wheelchair a vast (laughs) majority of them people don't realize that it's just it's can you do the material and substantial duties of your occupation? But I digress. I interrupted you. Carry on.
2: Yes. So it wasn't just that. I mean, it's very important. I highly recommend everybody to have it in any kind of profession that you use in your, your body. That I mean, if you're a surgeon, if you're a dentist, if you're a physical therapy, whatever. But it's very important to have it. When I purchase my... My policy with the Great West through the ADA, never in a million years I thought that I was going to be using it. One thing that was, you know, when the the time came that I had to face it, to me, it's important also that you have a, a healthy practice, regardless if you are going to retire because you just want to retire or because you're going to retire through disability. I think that, you know, the, the health of the, of your practice, of your profession, it's extremely important financially speaking. Otherwise, getting to disability might be a big, I'd say, burden for you, depending how much you have on your claim or on your payment. I mean, you have to have. Not that as your main objective when you buy your policy.
1: Yeah, that's no, I, like, I think that's a I good mean. point. So how long, like, when did you first start seeing symptoms? And then when did you get to the point where you actually had to file a claim? Okay. So the first time that I, I had a car
2: accident in end of 2017, mine, just a um, how do you say? fender bender, bender fender. And then... Fender, um, bender. <laughs> and then um, nothing to it, right? You know, the regular uh, x rays, everything was fine. But then they started saying that even on that time, I had some cervical issues. But talking to all the dentists, everybody has some sort of spine uh, problem. Apparently, it's a fa- after 10 years of practicing dentistry, I read that in an article. You know, you, you start showing some physical, um, you know, challenges. So based on that, I started doing the a little bit more how to say diligent exercises, physical therapy, and then 2018 that's when I actually started seeing more uh, severe, more permanent damage on the on the cervical symptoms as getting uh, the hands numb, the severe neck pain, severe lower back pain. And then that gradually added up to in 2020 after many consults and uh, different exercises, physical therapy, changes of treatment, we decided to do um, to consult with the disability insurance, and I ended, into, ended up with partial disability. And I was in partial disability for a while, for probably almost a
1: month. How long? Were you, year, how much no. were you working when you were on partial disability? How much I
2: was working? I was working three days a week. And then, uh gradually, I went for two days a week, and I stay for two days a week for the longest time, probably over a year. I stay for two days a week full two days okay, and then it came to a point that not even the the two days the five the remaining five days of the week were not enough to rest and to be good to work again those two days. That's when we decided at that, that point. You have to make a decision because you might get to a disability that goes beyond the point that even if you stop working, it's going to affect your life. Well, so that was that was a turning point for me.
1: So I have a client. He's he's a physician. He's not a dentist. Mm-hmm. And he called me last week and he said he is probably going to file a claim because he has a sudden hearing loss mm-hmm. and um, it's affecting him pretty dramatically. And what's what's interesting about this is this guy had some low back issues, some disc issues, and he applied for coverage probably four years ago for for additional coverage. And he they put an exclusion on his low back and he didn't want to do that. So he didn't do it because he's like, if I get disabled, it's going to be my low back. And the reality is he's now disabled. It's not his low back. It's his ears. Mm. And so. Many times, what we think is going to cause a disability is is not going to cause a disability. It's something else, something we can't think. It's 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 typically not an injury. It's more of an illness than it is an injury. Obviously, in your case it's an injury, and so it's it's interesting to see. And of course, a lot of people know that with individual disability, you know, dentists have a relatively high claim rate. And so mm-hmm. premiums can be expensive and mm-hmm. and females' disability is more expensive than males. So it's really important to get it early as opposed to later. I've met 50-year-olds who don't have disability and they get disability. And it's definitely a higher premium for sure. Now, mm-hmm. talk about the peace of mind that having the disability insurance gave you.
2: Uh, I cannot even start telling you. It's uh, It was such a... Great decision. I know that right in the beginning of my career here in the U.S., I am very fortunate to have met you know more experienced professionals in in the area that would give advices, and one of them was a great one, which was to uh, purchase the Great West from the ADA and then explain to me how important it was to have the clause for the true own occupancy, occupation, so for that You know, that I, you know, if I could not work as a dentist anymore, and then you still cover even if you, you know, able to teach or to do other things that are not related to the the practice of, you know, clinician, you know, dentistry. So to me, it was, I mean, I cannot even tell you the peace of mind. It's, it's completely, it's an odd story. I mean, I never expected, I mean, my, my, my initial plan, especially because I started working here in the U.S. in a later uh, age. My plan was to work at least I was 62 years old, at least. Pushing to the 65 if I felt that I was fine. I was enjoying what I was doing. I thought I was good what I was doing. I was still like really working to learn new things, to to share. I love the interaction with the patients, which is something that that's what I miss the most. But to have to come to a a, a condition in a situation that, you know, you do have a way to take care of yourself, you know, you're fully disabled, and then you have a uh, some income. My policy is going to pay me until I am 62 years old. So I have seven years to cover. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's night and day. I cannot tell you how much that is comforting, knowing that I have that.
1: Well, it's, it's such a big deal. And, and, like, obviously, you use the Great West, and there's tons of other companies out there. Some are better than others. <laughs> But it really comes down to the contract language and there's certain riders and benefits that you can add on there, but everyone's situation is different. So you should, so there shouldn't be cookie cutter advice here, but it, it is, it is a big deal to really make sure that people are, you know, taking care of it and they're, they're kind of gotten this kind of dialed in if you mm. will, because, we live in a world where crap happens. We have auto insurance, we have homeowner's insurance, we have life insurance. Our biggest financial resource is our ability to, to earn an income. And so protecting that is key. And, and I think you were really wise to do that because the reality is for every one of you, there's 50 people who bought it and never used it. And yes. they are like, well, what happened? But when you look at the the amount of what you're insuring, it's such a big deal. It is such a big deal. And so yes. I think it's really wise. and for seven years of benefit for you, I mean, that's Mm life-changing. It is.
2: Absolutely.
1: And in many cases, it's tax-free, so that's even better. So, you know, as we kind of wind down, as someone who's had a lot of experience and you've you've been, you've traveled the world, you've lived international, you grew up in a different country, what advice would you give to a young dentist coming out of school or starting a practice or, or something like that? I have a lot. You have
2: to oh, t- go you, for it. here. us You have to time it on that one. First of all, my biggest philosophy, and it doesn't have anything to do with money, is okay. people come before profit. If you're going to start your career as a dentist, people come before profit. That was for me. It worked for me. Okay, my practice was built in relationships. And that's that was I always wanted that. That was my biggest dream. And then I can say that I fulfilled that. When you want to take care of your business, you should always save more than spend.
1: Oh, know? for sure.
2: Live like if you and the reason that I say that, it's it's something that I would I probably wouldn't affirm that with the same conviction that I have right now like 10 years ago. And the reason is exactly because of the disability. When you start working in your practice, make sure that you have a disability insurance, that you cover your business insurance, and then everything that you're going to invest in your practice, have a uh, plain plan of the return of your investment and only spend a portion of it. Especially in the beginning, be very, very thrifty with yourself, get your, your, your uh, the money that you have to survive and then to pay your bills and to grow. But watch your practice because initially the first year of your practice is not going to determine how the practice is going to be in five years. But that's why you have to invest and have the best time. I invest a lot of time in my practice. I bought my practice from a retiring dentist and he did an awesome job doing the transition. I'm very, very grateful to him and to his staff that stayed and then helped me build up what the practice was once I sold it. I was able to grow the practice at least 10% every year. Uh, Sometimes yes, and sometimes a little bit more than that. But I think that part of that was because I'll do any investment that I did in the practice, he had to have a reason for it. Not just because it looked pretty, or just because you know everybody was using, but it had to have a reason. It had to have a uh, end to it, you know. And then I was have. I mean, I made mistakes tons. I could write a book about all the mistakes I made. Some of them that you know keeps you awake at night. I'm like, what the heck I was thinking? But then you learn with that. You know, you learn with that. And then the other advice I'll give is surround yourself with a nice community of other professionals. Don't isolate yourself. You know, be the kind of dentist that you can call somebody and then change, you know, information and then ask for help. Or um, so you can be open to to help other people, other dentists. I think that's it's paramount for anywhere that you are, that you create this community, this relationship. And then... Pay attention to to what's going on outside that might influence and um, cause impact in your practice. Could be what's happening in the city, when the community is growing or the community is shrinking, things like that, that it's going to give you a opportunity to bond with your community. And then because I was a small practice, I was just one doctor practice. You, you was, I always had the one-on-one relationship with the patient, you know, of talking, not being rushed, not being, I mean, you have to think about this too. When I started working here in the U.S., I was already 40 years old and uh, I was not 25 anymore. I was not just like getting out of dental school. So after all these years learning people and learning the the mechanics of practicing relationship with the patient and with the staff, you know, to me I was in a very comfortable position that I could sit in the pra- in the office and talk to the patient, get to know them. Uh, sometimes you learn way more that way than what they write down on the medical history. Some things like that. Take the time, and um, because the profit will come
1: well monica that is great wisdom and great advice and your perspective i think is something to be valued i really appreciate you joining us here today thank you so much for having me you've been listening to the financial flossing podcast with ross brannan
0: this has been another episode of financial flossing with ross brannan guiding dental professionals to a brighter future if you liked what you heard consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts for more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Paz Guardian, or North Florida Financial. And opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, Paz OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2022-147262 expires 1124.